0: This message inspires and encourages you. For more information, please contact Nexus Church. Well, as I said, you know, this, at the moment, we are jumping in and we're doing, that's Jesus. That's Jesus. You know, when you see someone like my wife and she's super generous and I go, yeah, that's Liz. That's Liz. It's like, that is just who it is. That is them, and we're looking at who Jesus is, and we've all had encounters with Jesus. We've all heard about Jesus, but we want to dig a little deeper and to see how he engages with us in different ways. I believe there's one specific word he wants to give us as we go through this. So we're going to John chapter 9. Cam spoke last week from Luke chapter 4, and one of the things that Jesus declared was part of his ministry was that he was to give sight to the blind, and so we go to this chapter Aware that Jesus is not just looking to bring physical sight, but spiritual sight to this man, as I said before. And so this is quite a fun story. I love reading this, and we are going to read through most of it. But I enjoy, invite you to put the lens of humour over this. To actually look at it and go, seriously? Seriously, that's happening right now? So just like try and just step into this story as we go. It's, it's quite amazing. It's one of my favourites. So from the top, here we go. You ready? You ready? Uh, You ready? All right, there we go. There we go. As he went along, this is Jesus, he saw a man born blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus, but this happened that the works of God might be displayed in him as long as it is day, We must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. I love that. After saying this, he spit on the ground. Cool. Made some mud with his saliva and then smacks it on the man's eyes. All right. Cool. Good on you. Let's just sit in that. Yep. Cool. He's just put mud on a man's eyes. Go, he told him. Wash in the pool of Siloam. This word means sent. So the man went and washed and came home seeing. Let's just stop there for a sec. This man leaves in the morning blind and we're told here, it notes, he comes home seeing. The transformation of an encounter with Jesus. I love it. Also notice that Jesus didn't go with him to the pool. The man had to find his way. Like, can you picture that? Can you picture this man? He's got mud on his eyes He's trying to find his way. Okay, I've got to go. He's got to make decision. Do I, do I do this? Do I look like a fool right now? Like, Jesus, what are you doing? Seriously? Seriously? All right. Then he says, where'd I go? There we go. Others said, so his neighbors and those who had formerly seen him begging asked, isn't this the same man who used to sit and beg? Some claimed that he was. Others said, no, nah, he only looks like him. But he himself ins- insisted, I am the man. How then were your eyes open? They asked. He replied, The man they called Jesus made some mud and put it on his eyes. He told him, Go to the pool of Siloam and wash. So I went and washed, and then I could see. Where is this man? They asked, and he, he said, I don't know. So they took him to the Pharisees. And this is the next move in the story. The Pharisees were concerned, and we see it here, and I'm going to jump a few verses. Pharisees basically like, well, this, why was this happening on the Sabbath? Jesus can't do this. He must be a sinner. He can't do this. How did he do this? Who did this? And it escalates, and they sort of get this really skeptical, like, were you really born blind? And so they call on his parents, and we see it in verse 19. They say, is, is this your son, they asked? Is this the one you say was born blind? How is it that now he can see? you can get their skepticism with all this how how can they how can it be that he can now see and the parents reply we know he is our son okay good they know he's his son um they answer and we know that he was born blind but how he can see and who opened his eyes we don't know ask him he's of age he'll speak for himself his parents said this because they were afraid of the jewish leaders who already had decided that anyone who acknowledged that Jesus was the Messiah would be put out of the synagogue, essentially the epicenter, the place to be seen, the popular place in society. That was why the parents said, he's of age, ask him. They didn't want to get in trouble. They distanced themselves from their son and what was going on. So a second time, they summoned the man who had been blind, give glory to God by telling him the truth. This is like like a parent saying to their kid, you better tell me the truth. You better say the truth or, you know, you're going to get something. Basically, give glory to God by telling the truth. They said, in other words, we don't believe what you're saying yet. We know this man is a sinner. He replied, whether he is a sinner or not, I don't know. One thing I do know, I was blind, but now I see. One thing he knows. I was blind, but now I see. Then they asked him, what did he do and how did he do it? He answered, I've told you this already. And it escalates and it escalates and it escalates until they reiterate to him the the words that the disciples first asked. And they say, hey, who are you to lecture us? You're a sinner from birth. And they kicked him out. Can you get the picture? This man who once could never enter because he was blind the temple now sees and thinks he can go to the place he can encounter God and that place again kicks him out and I love what Jesus does here in verse 35 Jesus heard that they had thrown him out and when he found him he said do you believe in the son of man who is he sir the man asked tell me so that I may believe in him his heart is ready his eyes are open Jesus said, you have now seen him. In fact, he is the one speaking to you. Then the man said, Lord, I believe, and he worshipped him. Remember, he's never seen Jesus physically until this point. Jesus sent him off to the pool with mud on his eyes before he could even see who Jesus was. This is the first time he saw the one who brought the change in his life. And his response was, yes, Lord, I believe and I worship you. I love this story. It encapsulates everything that is Jesus. I love at the beginning when we look at who Jesus is and how he engages with those who are blind. And can I suggest that all of us in some way, our eyes are opening but not fully opened. That's our eyes of our heart. And so this is how Jesus engages with us as well. I love seeing that in the first verse it says, He saw the man. He saw the man. When everyone else would walk by this beggar, Jesus chose not to walk by and ignore, but he chose to see the man born blind. It encourages me because it knows in those moments when you and I feel like no one sees what we're going through, we know that Jesus always sees us, always sees where we're at. He's looking at us, not just with a judging, not with a judging perspective like the disciples. who say, well, he's deserved this in some way. Was it his parents or was it himself who sinned before birth? How did he, it had to be some kind of ramification. But Jesus saw him where he was. And that encourages me. Even tonight, you might feel like no no one sees what you're truly going through. Maybe at the Sunday church, we all can carry a little bit, and we use this word, When Andy and I were talking this week, there can be a veneer on our Sunday. It can just be, you know, we just polish the edges, we do what we know, but underneath, you go, in your heart, you're like, man, no one sees what I'm going through. The first thing we see here is that Jesus sees us. Be encouraged by that. He sees us with loving eyes with caring eyes, with eyes that want to change what's going on in our our lives if we would choose to partner with him. He sees us. I also love that when the disciples choose to look at his past and go, well, how did he get to this point? He did something to deserve this. And that comes from actually in Leviticus where it talks about this list of things that um, if you obey God, these are the blessings. But if you disobey God and don't follow him, these are the curses. And one of those things in there is that is blindness. And so there's this basis to it, but actually, Jesus, I love that while those are looking to the past, Jesus is actually not worried about his past, but actually looking to what, he, what his future will hold when connected to heaven's reality. He says, don't worry about that, this is for God's glory. When heaven's reality connects with this man's life, his future will change. He cares not so much about his past, but his future. And again, I want to encourage us and it encourages me that we can so much dwell on our past and maybe there's words spoken over us, things that we've carried that we go, well, I just deserve this. This is my lot. But Jesus says, no, this is not your lot. That actually there's more when you connect your life with heaven's reality and actually I'm focused on your present changing to your future rather than your past. That's Jesus. That's Jesus. I love when we look at what Jesus does here, that at, he actually takes and uh, he takes what is, could be seen as a curse by this man and turns it into a blessing. And what I mean by this is, you notice that he uses his spit and his saliva. Scholars would say, and based on Leviticus and all in in what I've just shared, that scholars would some scholars would say that actually, in a perverted way, in that culture, people would spit at someone like that, in a perverted way of saying you're getting what you deserve. And I find it fascinating and amazing illumination of of Jesus' heart that he actually takes that thing of spit. You could imagine that he um. When he's born, this man all his life, he's hearing this conversation. And he's hearing it go the same way it's gone a hundred other times. Why is this man um, born blind? Was it his parents or himself that sinned in that spit sound? And it sounds the same for him. But you could just imagine he's going, yep, same old, same old. But then something changes. Jesus brings a change to the pattern. And he spits on the ground. And he makes that dirt, that's, that mud, and he puts it on his eyes, turning what has been a curse in his life to being a blessing. And I love that picture of Jesus because what it tells me is that those things that I feel can be a burden, can be a curse in my life, and I've seen it that way, that actually he can change that to be a blessing. That's Jesus. Oh, I love him. I love it. You know, for Liz, when we're talking about this, um, the beginning of last year, she came to a point where her physical body, her emotional um, person, her her whole being was just burnt out. And for us, that was a moment. Go, God, why? 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 So easily we could see that as, ah, well, there's, this is what, something that is deserved. Or we can see it as a curse, if I use that word. But we've come to see that actually Jesus, when we give it to him, turns those things to be a blessing. He turns those things to be a blessing. That's Jesus. That's Jesus. And I love, I love when I look at this And we've seen that he sees us, and we see that he doesn't think about our past so much as he is concerned and sees the future when connected to heaven's reality. And when we realize that those things we count as a curse in our lives, and we feel like, why are these happening, that he can turn them to a blessing. We see those. I love when we see also (laughs) that he doesn't just deal with the physical, but he deals with the eyes of our heart. And at the end of the day, that's actually what this is about. What Smithy was talking about, that there is a greater reality that we are called and can tap into. As Nathan was saying, we can open the door to through Jesus. Hmm. And that's the turning point of confidence. That's the turning point from curse to blessing. That's the turning point from past to future. I love that Jesus, when he hears that this man is kicked out of the temple, that he's paying attention, he hears, and that he seeks out and he finds this man. It just shows me the heart of God. That he's not willing to just sit at a distance on his, his heavenly couch as it were and that he is willing to enter the game with us, to come into the mess, to come into all that we're facing, to find us, to seek and find us so that he can offer all that he is if we would just open the door and like this man say yes, yes I believe I worship you, you are my Lord, you are my Lord. Jesus is the great initiator. And at the same time, I can't help but see this man had a part to play. This man had a part to play. This man had to decide will I look like a fool with mud on my face, maybe led by a few randoms to this pool, but trying to find my way to this pool? with faith in my heart that, well, this person has said this, I will go and I will with faith step out and enter into all that God is wanting for me to wash myself. And when I do, this man sees like he's never seen before. What is your stepping out moment? What is your stepping out moment? What is that faith step to partner with all Jesus wants to do in your life. He is the great initiator. He is showing us his heart and who he is. And he invites us to participate, to join with him, to journey with him. The man had to acknowledge the question and answer. Do you believe in the Son of Man? He says, yes, I believe. And the other thing I can't help but see for this man is that in this time between when he meets Jesus and Jesus disappears for 30 odd verses and then comes back, in that period where he's facing the neighbors and he's facing the religious leaders and he's facing the, the parents distancing themselves from him, and that escalation to being kicked out? I can't help but see that he knew and he didn't know a lot of things. He he says that who who healed you? Oh, it's that man called Jesus, and the religious leaders say, "Who, who healed you? How did it happen?" And he, and he says, "Well, he must be a prophet. He must be spiritual. He's spiritual. That's who I think he is." And then along the way, they say, "Well, who healed you again?" And they're escalating this. He says, "Well, if he's he's opened my eyes, you know, only people from God can do that. He must be from God." And then it comes to when Jesus is standing in front of him. And he's looking at Jesus. He doesn't know who he is yet. But then as soon as it's revealed, his eyes are fully open. Can you see the progression of his eyes opening? But through that, this is the point I want to make on that. There's a lot he didn't know, but he lent in. There's a lot he didn't know, but he lent in. He didn't want to miss what God was doing. He didn't want to miss what Jesus was doing. Despite the opposition, despite the foolish things that he was, had to do to get through that, despite the escalation and the, the being kicked out again, he leans in. He, and I would say it's because of this. He didn't just focus on what he didn't know. He focused on what he did know. He knew this one thing, that I was blind, but now I see. I was blind, but now I see. And can I encourage you? There might be a lot you don't know. You might be that person who is saying, oh, that man, Jesus, I know, I've heard of him. I know him. I, I sort of have an interest to know more. Lean in. You might be that person who's going, he's spiritual, but we have to keep it on the Sabbath. We need to just do it this way. He's spiritual, but I'm sort of working this out. Lean in. Lean in. You, know, you might be thinking, oh, okay, I know he's from God. I've sort of accounted, and your eyes are gradually opening a little more. That's the work of God, but you're not entirely sure of it all. Lean in. And when he's standing in front of you, there's still a call to respond. Lean in. When I look at the religious leaders, when I look at the parents, they were the opposite. They lent away. They had an opportunity to celebrate something amazing. The parents had an opportunity to celebrate and not miss what Jesus was doing. They had a moment where they could have said, oh yeah, we know who did this and we are so glad to see our son in this position of not being blind. It means he can be welcomed back into community. His future is completely different to what it was this morning. But they missed it because they lent out, because of fear, because of pride, because of self-interest, because of rules or regulations or it's uncomfortable. I don't know. But my heart for us and our heart for us as a leadership, is we wouldn't miss what God's doing. Lean in. Let Him open your eyes like never before. I'm going to invite the team back. That's Jesus. He is the great initiator. He sees you when no one else sees what's going on. Huh. He looks not at your past, but at the potential of your future. When it's connected with heaven's reality, he takes those things we count and feel are like curses and weights in our life and he turns them to blessing. He opens our eyes to see the realities, the greater reality around us that shifts the confidence in our heart. And he invites us to respond. So let's close our eyes. just sit in his presence for a moment. Lord, I pray right now, actually Holy Spirit, I pray to you right now that you would reveal that one thing for each person to lay a hold of right now. One thing you want them to take from this message. Illuminate that. Spark that in their hearts. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You're at work right now. Can I encourage you? This is a lean-in moment. This is a lean-in moment. Active in your heart work with Jesus for some of you you've never said yes to Jesus he's that man they call Jesus and we've all been there at some point we've heard of that man they call Jesus maybe you've never heard what you've heard tonight, that Jesus is looking with loving and gracious and and caring eyes towards you. That he sees a potential in your future that is nothing like you could imagine. And he extends like he did to this man an invitation to say, Do you believe? Will you say yes to me and invite me to journey into your life with you? You won't know all that that means in this moment. But like this man, you might have a spark in your heart that just is drawing you to respond. I want to encourage you to respond to that drawing. So if that's you, if you want to say yes to Jesus for the first time, I'm going to invite you just to lift your hands while eyes are closed. I'm looking so I can see and pray for you. If that's you, you want to say yes for the first time to Jesus, right now just lift your hands. I also want to give an opportunity for people who you feel like you've encountered Jesus, you have encountered Jesus in some way, like this man born blind. He had an encounter. And in that moment, your heart responded to Jesus. But for whatever reason, you feel like that is stagnated. You feel like that is just something just kept you at a distance from him. I want to give you a chance to say yes again to Jesus. And in the same way, I'm going to invite you to lift your hand as a response of your heart. That you've said yes to Jesus, but tonight you want to say yes again. I'm drawing closer. I'm saying yes, I am making you Lord. I will worship you. I want to learn what it is to walk with you in greater ways through my life. If that's you and you want to say yes again right now, just lift your hand. Thank you. Thank you across this place. Wonderful. Thank you. Anyone else want to join this group? Thank you. Excellent. Jesus sees, and that's what matters. Jesus sees what response you're doing in your heart right there. He sees, and He is smiling over you. Lord, right now for these people who've lifted their hands saying yes to you again, that they want to draw closer and they are welcoming you into their lives like never before. Jesus, come and meet them right now where they are. Lord, help them to see the greater reality that they haven't seen before of your reality in their life. I thank you for that. Why don't we stand, church? I just feel like tonight there's moments where we reflect and there's moments where we actively lean in and we respond. And I feel like this is an actively leaning in moment. Whatever it is, is that one thing in your heart that you're responding to, that's stirred in your heart, that gives you faith, and has course you go, oh man, Jesus, I've never seen you like that before. I'm going to invite you to just worship out of that.